Hello all, I have a great episode for you here. I'm going to talk about what I think are the best NFL rivalries for this coming season of teams that will play each other. I'm going to talk about who the top SEC football players this coming season will be, and um, why and kind of what teams are on and all that kind of stuff. I'm also going to talk about Earl Thomas and what all is going on with him and his effect on uh, on multiple different teams if you were to be added to him and um, his effect on the Ravens after being taken away from them. I'm also going to talk about who I think are the best college football coaches for this coming season, um, considering there will be a college football season happening here, and so I'm going to talk about who I think the best college football coaches are, and then as always, I'll end my episode with a hot take that this time will be around the NFL and its coming season here, and so I have a great episode for you here that I hope you will enjoy, and so here we go. As always, I'm going to start my episode off by going over the sports news that I won't address later on in the episode in any of the other segments. And so the first news topic to talk about is that Zach Collins, the Portland Trailblazers forward, will be out for the rest of the NBA season here due to a foot injury that he is going to have surgery on outside of the bubble. And this is a big loss for Portland because he had been playing okay prior to his injury here and they really need big men on their, on that team. But... um. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if he will be ready for the coming season as well after his surgery. Another thing is that Michael Bennett, the three-time Pro Bowl defensive end um, of the NFL and formerly of the Patriots and Eagles, also Seahawks as well, has retired in this past week here. Um, and he had a very solid career as a football player here. He played well for multiple teams. He won multiple Super Bowls, I think, on all on the Patriots, the Seahawks. Um, and the Eagles as well, and so he had a good career so far, and it makes sense that he's retiring because he's about that age, and um, he had played well up to this point, but it wasn't really of any use now. Another very big thing to note is that Nick Nurse, the Toronto Raptors coach, just won NBA Coach of the Year for this season, Um, and this is really interesting considering he was not favored to win the award, um, while um, Billy Donovan was favored to win the award. Um, right now because of what he did with Chris Paul and turning the Thunder around after they had a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs preseason-wise. Um, but I understand kind of why Nick Nurse won as well because, one, he's considered by most to be one of the best coaches, if not the best coach defensively in the league with scheming up every time and um, and just creating a great scheme for every game. But also, he had to adjust to not having Kawhi on the team anymore, and he was able to make his team perform even better than they did with Kawhi throughout the regular season. And so that's a big feat in what he did. And it makes sense they won the award, though I think there are other people who would have been worthy of winning this award this year. Another thing to note is that Steven Strasburg is officially done for the season after being put on the injured list um, for the Washington Nationals due to an injury in his throwing arm. And they don't think this will be a long-term injury that should affect him any further, but he is going to be sat out for the rest of the season here just because they want to not risk anything and to keep him the safest they possibly can. Um, and they don't want to injure their ace here that they paid a ton of, mo- ton of money to this offseason as well. And then the final thing to note is that the NBA, af- as of Sunday night, Sunday the 23rd at 9.57 p.m., um, there have been two different series finished in the NBA playoffs, both sweeps. 
you have the Toronto Raptors beating the Brooklyn Nets pretty handily in every game. You also have the Celtics, my Celtics, beating the 76ers in all four games to sweep them. And those teams will be matching up in the next round of the playoffs, so they both will be preparing for each other here for the next week or so as the rest of the games finishes, finish here. But um, it's interesting to see that they both swept in the first round, and I didn't really expect the Celtics to sweep the um the 76ers, but they did so, and that makes me happy considering I have them going to the NBA Finals. And so it'll be interesting to see how that matchup works in the second round of the playoffs, but we'll have to wait to see that for probably a week or so. So that's all the news I want to talk about in the, at the beginning of this episode that I want to talk about later in the episode. Now I'm going to move on to talking about the best NFL rivalries for this coming season that will be played. So, now, as I said, I'm going to talk about NFL rivalry, rivalries for this coming season. And they don't necessarily have to be historic rivalries by any means, but these are two teams that really are kind of, they'll be matching up against each other in probably very, very big games here. Um, and two teams I think could have some, well, this is really just the top five certain kind of matchups for this coming season based on some rivalry rivalry aspects of it, but really just based on what they add and all those things. And so here are the top five true matchups of this coming season in the NFL due to rivalry things and due to different talent additions and everything. And so one of them, one of the five here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. So you could easily see this becoming a rivalry once the, um, once it gets going, because you have your two older quarterbacks, um, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady, who are matching up here and are competing for um, NFL records right now and are very close together. You have both these teams in the same division competing for the crown there, and they both have a lot of young talent around those quarterbacks that they have there. And they'll be competing to win this division every year, and you could easily see this becoming a good rivalry here in the near future. And I think it'll be a great game for this coming season between these two because they'll play twice, and I think it'll be two very, very good games. Um... I do think the Saints will come out on top at the end of the season because I just think they're better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this moment. But I think this, these are two very good teams. You can easily see us becoming a rivalry. Another rivalry for this coming season to note is the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think this could easily... It, this is already a big rivalry in the first place. You have... The Cowboys and the Eagles already always competing for that NFC East title, considering the Giants and the Redskins have been very bad over the last five to ten years or so. And so you have these two teams that are always competing for the title, and it seems it always comes down to the end of the season in a big rivalry game between the two of them, Philadelphia versus Dallas. I mean, not it's not necessarily based on kind of their area or anything like that and them being necessarily close to each other, but it just seems that this is a great rivalry match of every year to determine the division. You have two younger quarterbacks drafted in the same draft in Dak and Carson Wentz, who were both drafted in the exact same draft of 2016 there. And so this is a great matchup every year, and it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out this year, but I suspect the Cowboys will end up coming out of this matchup on top. Another NFL rivalry for this coming season is kind of a new one. I think this could get a little heated just because of this. Is the Titans versus the Ravens for the season, and I think this one could get interesting for a couple of reasons. They don't have any sort of historic like beef or anything between the two of them. They haven't really had any problems before, but I think this could really be the season you see these t- this matchup really heat up. We know that the Titans just thought just like absolutely 
beat up the Ravens in the playoffs last year. And I think that that really is going to have angered the Ravens because they're going to play with a lot of anger in this game here this season in a revenge game against the Titans. But the Titans also have a team that's really been built around their physicality and their power and all that stuff. And that could lead to a really powerful game here between two teams that really want to run the ball and really want to... um physically play each other hard and so I think this could really this would be the matchup of the two teams there will be the top runners in the NFL the two teams that kind of have very similar builds of great defenses and a lot of running on offense and so I think this could be a great matchup this year and kind of a rivalry for the future here just because of what the Titans did to the Ravens last year and the anger they might have at number two and another great rivalry probably the second best one I'd say for this season would have to be the 49ers versus the Packers, and there are a couple of reasons for this, considering what's happened recently. Obviously, these teams don't have any historic um, run, like running or anything like that that would make them be like uh, rivals against each other. But we know that pa last season they played twice, with the 49ers coming out on top both times. We saw the Packers get absolutely murdered in the middle of the season last year. Then we also saw the Packers get beaten in the um, conference championship game against the 49ers, both games at the 49ers stadium. But I think that this year you could have a great matchup between these two teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they'll be very, very big. I think that you'll get to see, the once again, the Packers and the 49ers, the two NFC best teams last season, play each other this year in a game that I think the Packers will be very heated in here and really, really will want to win due to what happened last year and the amount they were just absolutely murdered in both of the games they played the 49ers last year. And so I think you could easily see this becoming a great rivalry over here and being a great game for this season. Then the final matchup that I want to talk about would be the Seahawks versus the 49ers. And this one has been a rivalry for a little while here. They've been building up to this. They've had some beef over the last, like, 10 years or so between the 49ers and the Seahawks. You had early in the 2010s here, you had the 49ers and Seahawks when they were both very good in going to Super Bowls with John, um, Jim Harbaugh. Not Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, 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 Jim Harbaugh and, um, excuse me, and Pete Carroll. They were matching up every time. And having just great matchups between the two of them. But I think also now you'll have these two teams both in that um, division looking to win that division every year. And they had two great matchups last year. One with that overtime game that the, that the Seahawks won earlier on in the season making the uh, 49ers non-undefeated anymore. And then you also had that other matchup at the in the last game of the season in which the 49ers came back and beat the Seahawks there against the Seahawks at the Seahawks Stadium in the final week to get the number one seed in the NFC, which was a really big deal too. And so I think this could be easily a great rivalry matchup for the next coming years here and a great matchup for this year at least because these two teams will always be competing for that division and um, they already have had some rivalry to them. And so those are my rivalry matchups for this coming season and the big games for this coming season. Now I'm going to move on to talking about who I think are the top SEC players for this coming season. Now I'm going to quickly go through who I think are the top 10 SEC football players for this coming season. And there are some that are going to be left off this list, obviously, because I think there are other really good SEC football players for this coming season. But here are my top 10 SEC football players for the coming season. And so one of them has to be, obviously, Jamar Chase. And he might even be the best SEC football player this year. He is probably the number one wide receiver in the nation at the moment, considering he's been absolutely amazing over the past couple of seasons. And I think that he's just continuing to get better and better every year. And I think that I'm, <clears throat> at this point, 
you can only consider him to be the best wide receiver in the whole college football area after having an amazing season last year in which he won the Blitnikoff Award. And so I expect that he's going to continue to get better, but he is probably the best SEC player and one of the best players in the whole nation for this coming season. Another player is Dylan Moses, who is the Alabama linebacker. He missed all of last season due to injury, but he was absolutely amazing before being an All-American um, in his sophomore season. And so coming back now for his senior season, you expect him to play amazing in the center of that Alabama defense, which will be one of the best teams, if not the best team, in college football this year after Ohio State is out. And so um, <clears throat> I expect him to play absolutely amazing at linebacker, and he's one of the best players in the SEC as well. Another player to note is running back Kylan Hill, and another running back in the, on this list is Najee Harris. And both of these guys are absolutely amazing. You have Kylan Hill of Mississippi State, who led the SEC last year um, in rushing as an amazing running back at Mississippi State. We expect he probably won't get as big of numbers this year considering he's in a Mike Leach offense now that doesn't run the ball as much. But I think that he still will be absolutely amazing and was one of the best players at least last year in the SEC. And you also have Najee Harris of Alabama, who is Alabama's running back, who had a great season last year with over 1,200 yards but came back for a senior season because he didn't think his draft uh, profile was great, good enough yet, and this could lead to him having an absolutely enormous season this year for Alabama, considering they may want to go back to a running back heavy scheme that they ran before Tua here, and they, I expect him to play absolutely amazing this season in that Alabama scheme. And now, the next couple are two different defensive backs, and I think there are two really good defensive backs in the SEC right now. One would be obviously Derek Stingley Jr., who's an absolutely amazing cornerback for LSU and probably the best defensive back, if not the best defensive player, in the whole nation. But you have Derek Stingley here, who's a who's an amazing press corner, who just absolutely shut down receiver after receiver last season as a true freshman for the LSU Tigers. And you expect him to only get better as a sophomore here on that Tigers team for LSU here. And so... I think he's absolutely amazing to be one of the top 10 SEC players. And then another one to note is Richard LeCount, who is the safety for the Georgia Bulldogs. And he has played well over the past couple seasons after getting his chance to play in 2018. And he's lived up to the expectations that many people had for him. And so I expect that he will have another amazing season for Georgia this year. And I think he will lead that Georgia defense, which is missing a couple of big pieces that left this past season. But I think he will lead that defense to another great season and play absolutely amazing for that team as they make a run for the playoffs. A couple of other people note, and these aren't really the players that you want to think about, but they are absolutely amazing, both of them. And those are two amazing offensive linemen in Trey Smith and Alex Leatherwood. And I think that both of these guys are absolutely fantastic. You have Trey Smith of the Tennessee Volunteers, who's an amazing offensive tackle slash offensive guard. He's played great at both positions and been an All-American both years um, that he has played there. He does have some injury conditions, but he still played absolutely amazing the whole time he's played. And so I expect him to be a top 10 SEC player this year. Then Alex Leatherwood, who is an offensive tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide, is absolutely amazing as well and consistently been great. And he will be an All-American as well this season. And another amazing player for that Alabama offensive line that keeps getting better and better every year and continuously puts out top prospects every year. And the final two players on my list here are both quarterbacks for this coming season. And I have both 
the Kyle Trask for Florida, who was absolutely amazing last season, coming in for Felipe Franks and playing very well for Florida. And I think he'll get better and better here as the most experienced SEC quarterback coming in this season. But I think also maybe the best player in all of the SEC is Jamie Newman, the quarterback for Georgia for the Georgia Bulldogs this coming season. I believe that his mobility added with all his talent there will be absolutely used amazingly in this Georgia scheme this year that I think is going to open up a lot more and maybe, excuse me, kind of like LSU of last year, expanding their offensive areas so that they can actually win a championship here and play well. And so I expect Georgia to play absolutely amazing here. I think that Jamie Newman will be an absolutely amazing quarterback on that team, somewhat like Justin Fields of last season, and just continue to play so well, run well, pass well, do everything well as a big and mobile quarterback. And so those are the top 10 SEC players for this coming season, not in any specific order. And that is what you need to know for the SEC player-wise this season. Now I'm going to move on to talking about Earl Thomas and his situation. So it was announced on Sunday the 23rd, the day that this episode will be released, that Earl Thomas is being released from the Baltimore Ravens um, after an altercation he had with Chuck Clark, their other starting safety, um, who's a young safety at Virginia, who's played very well for him so far there, um, but obviously nowhere close to the same level that Earl Thomas has played for them at an all-pro and Pro Bowl level. And so they got one amazing season out of Earl Thomas here, but they no longer felt that him being around was uh, good for the team or something that would, they believed that he was detrimental to the team being around any longer. And so they decided to release him after shopping him around for a trade here, um, but getting no options because obviously they would expect a ton from him. I don't think any teams are preparing to offer an absolute truckload for a player that just had an altercation. And so um, he was released today, and now I'm going to, and this is a big effect on the Ravens, who I actually believe at the moment, after doing some of my NFL preview work here, um, that the Ravens would have been the AFC team that would have been in the, um, excuse me, that would have been the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year, and I truly believe that they are the best team in the AFC, but now that they don't have... Um, excuse me, Earl Thomas, that could be a really big effect on them because though they do have Deshaun Elliott, who may be another player who could step up and play safety for them on this team here, and they have other great defensive backs at cornerback, especially they have Marlon Humphrey, and they have Marcus Peters as well, along with Tavon Young and Jimmy Smith. So they have tons of great players like that, but I'm not sure if they have another safety option really to go along with Chuck Clark. And I think that losing a star player like Earl Thomas, who's absolutely amazing on this defense, is going to be a very big deal for them. I expect that... um that they may go out and look for somebody else, or they may just stand firm here, actually, at this point, considering how close they are to the season. But losing Earl Thomas actually really, I think, brings them down a little bit. I still don't want to take them out of that place I have them as being the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, but I think it's getting very close to having them switch out with the Chiefs for that spot this coming season. Now I'm going to kind of dive into the teams that really would be the options for Earl Thomas here as he is now released and a free agent and can sign with any other team. And so... The early favorites to add, um, the early favorite by far to add Earl Thomas is the Dallas Cowboys, and we know the Dallas Cowboys situation. We know that they had a lot of safety problems last season. They had solid safeties in Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath. Excuse me. <clears throat> but Jeff Heath is now gone, obviously. 
to the Oakland Raiders, and you also know that Xavier Woods is an absolutely amazing, and they don't believe that he's going to tremendously be an absolutely tremendous safety this year, though they've kept on the roster. They did add Ha Ha Clinton Dix as another safety here, but they really do want to add more defensive stars to this team um, to make sure this team is really ready for a Super Bowl one would run, which they believe it is. So adding Earl Thomas would add, add a big figure onto this defense, probably be the best defensive player on the team, and he could really sure up their secondary, which has been kind of um, skimpy recently and not all that great for them. And so I think that they would be a great team from now to, and I think that, that they are actually probably the most likely team he is going to go to if I had to predict at this moment. A couple other teams to note are the Houston Texans, who have shown interest in many different star safeties recently, including Jamal Adams before he was signed with the Seahawks. And I expect that the Texans may offer something up for J Earl Thomas just to add another good safety to their defense that I really don't believe is all that strong for this coming season. But I think another actually very interesting team to note is the San Francisco 49ers. And I think this could be an interesting fit for Earl Thomas here. We know that Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman go back a little ways considering their days back on the Seahawks when they were having Super Bowl runs there and being the Legion of Boom and being absolutely amazing with each other. And we still believe that they're still kind of friends here. But I expect that that could be a really big part in having him go to the 49ers here. I think that the 49ers do have a couple of solid safeties at the moment in Jaquiris Tart and Jimmy Ward, but obviously adding a star safety like Earl Thomas, if you don't believe he'll be detrimental to your team overall, I think can be a great addition to a defense that really is looking um, to be to go back to what they were last season as well and be the best defense in the whole NFL. And so if you were to sign there, you would think that this 49ers team, one, they would obviously attempt to trade Jimmy Ward or Jaquir Stark because you don't need to add three-star safeties or it's th at least three very good safeties on your team at the same time because you only play two. Um, and so I expect they would trade one of them to free up more cap space. But adding Earl Thomas could really put the 49ers over the top and make them another Super Bowl favor again and I think really be on the same level as the Saints, who I have as the NFC leaders at the moment. So I think that's unlikely. I think he's probably going to go to the uh, Cowboys um, most likely overall. But I think this could be very interesting to watch here so far considering... Um, Excuse me, Earl Thomas is a very big player here. Could have a major effect on multiple Super Bowl contenders here if he were to sign with one of them. And so we'll continue to watch what happens with him, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now I'm going to move on to talking about who I think are the best college football coaches for this coming season. So. I wanted to kind of talk about here, as the college football season is nearing, who I believe are the best college football coaches in just all of college football. Any Anybody can qualify, just overall. And so there are a couple of guys that obviously come to mind. There are a couple who aren't doing it right now, Urban Meyer specifically among them, and many other people. But I think there are a couple of different coaches who are very good at the moment, who are all doing very well. I'm going to kind of start with the lower ones, and I'm going to work my way up. You obviously have Mario Cristobal at Oregon, who's been doing a great job recently. And if I were a high school player preparing to go to college, and I had the option of going to any college at the moment, I would strongly consider going to Oregon, because I believe that he, there's a serious thing going on at Oregon at the moment. I think he's a great coach there. He's leading a change that's really going to be great for Oregon here. He's building up a defense, which the Pac-12 hasn't really seen in a long time. They've been a lot more offense-oriented oriented and he's building up a great defense to go along with his great offense there I think they could have a great team for the future but I don't think he's the best coach in Coswell either another coach is Ryan Day he did absolutely amazing for Ohio State last season 
coming in for Urban Meyer, who was absolutely historically great for Ohio State. And he just continued to do what Urban Meyer did. He obviously learned from Urban Meyer having been there with him for multiple years. And I think that he really has a lot of the same scheme ideas that Urban Meyer has, and he may be just as good of a coach at the moment as Urban Meyer was. He led his team to the semifinal in that first year there. He has only lost one game overall as a as a college football coach, and that was to Clemson in that semifinal by only two points there with that interception at the very end. And so he's been a great coach so far, but I still don't think he's the best coach in college football. Another coach to talk about would be Kirby Smart for Georgia. He's done a great job there in his first four years here as the coach at Georgia. He's led them to, obviously, three different times they were um, in the SEC championship at the end of the season and contending for a playoff spot, if not making the playoff, all three years there. And so he's done a very good job leading them. I do believe that he could work on some scheme stuff better. I think he's a very good defensive coach. I'm not sure how good of a head coach he is necessarily. And I think he's just he's just not as experienced as I'd want the main coach to be in overall. And if I were to choose, though, I think um, he's a very good coach in the in college football, and he'll have a great season this year for Georgia, I think, leading that team. But I think he does need to change some things schematically, especially on offense, to make his team really a championship contender, kind of like LSU did last year. And that leads me into my next coach, which was Ed Ordron. I think he is absolutely amazing as well. We know that Ed Ordron is an absolutely was a very solid coach entering last season, but I think last season really took him to the next level. Though he's not the one who was calling offensive plays or doing any of that stuff, he recognized that and was willing to go out and get a, a person who could change his offense and make it good enough to win a championship. He knew that LSU could play defense, and he's been leading great defenses there, but he needed to do something to change up their team and get them a great offense, a high-flying offense, and he did that by adding that coach, and I think that really proves something. We know that he's a great leader, and he we know that with all the, with his voice and everything and all that stuff, and, and we know that he's a really, really, really good coach there at, at um. Also, I think it shows a lot that he was willing to change things up to win the title there and not have to go by his scheme. I think that's kind of what Kirby Smart needs to do, as I was just talking about there. And um, I think that he is a great coach. But I think there are two coaches at the moment who are by far on the top level of all college football coaches. And those two are Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. And I'm going to kind of talk about these guys for a second. I don't know really. It's it's difficult for me to choose which one I'd want over the other and which one I think is the best coach over the year. But I think I'd choose Nick Saban or Dabo. But I'm going to start with talking about Dabo. Dabo's done a great job at Clemson so far. He's led them through multiple years here since early, since 2011 or so. And he's made them be a contending team every year, especially since 2015, when they've been in the playoff every single year since then. And he's done a great job leading that team and continuously giving them talent and helping to coach their talent that they get here over every single year. And so Dabo Sweeney is an absolutely amazing coach for the Clemson Tigers. And I think he's just going to continue to be a great coach there. And I think he's one of the best in college football, if not the best, but probably the second best coach in college football. But that leaves the best coach in college football as Nick Saban. And that is that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and that is just because he obviously he's do has done everything so well recently, um, excuse me, so well recently, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> we know he's been great recently with that Alabama team, he's led them to the playoff multiple different years, except for last season in which they lost two in the middle of the season and had some injury problems, but he's led them every single year, he's done great, but we also know that he has historically been absolutely amazing since the early 2000 and late 90s. 
He's done a great job coaching multiple teams, LSU and Alabama both. He's won many titles, almost the most titles in college football history at this moment, consistently winning a title almost every year or at least every other year. And so I have Nick Saban as the best coach right now because I just believe he has all the qualities he won. He does everything so well. But I think that you have Dallas Sweeney and Nick Saban at this top level, and they're very close. Well, there are also many other great college football coaches at the moment. So those were the top college football coaches. I'm now going to move on to my hot take or, well, it's kind of just my take now, because it's not necessarily um, a hot take every episode here, because it's not necessarily always hot. But I think it's going to kind of be my ending take of every episode, and the take I want to kind of share at the end of each episode. So I'm going to move on to that now. And so, my take for this episode, though it's not really a hot one, it's just a take for the end of this episode here, is that... The football, the NFL football season will end up being played in full, finishing all 16 games for every team and also finishing the full playoffs for this season. And so I know that's a lot to say considering that, um, considering that baseball is doing kind of the same thing as football and um, they're having teams go down one after another. But I think that football has set themselves up. They don't have as much travel as baseball, obviously. But I think football set themselves up in a way here, and I don't know how they've done it really because it looks almost the exact same as baseball. But so far, they're not having many cases show up, and they're doing all the normal training camp stuff that they would do. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can play it out. But I believe that the NFL will end up playing out its full season in total with a full playoff and everything without stoppage here. Though there may be a team or two go down, but I think almost every team will end up finishing the whole season, and you will have a football NFL playoff here. And I. Just It's very interesting to see that they've gone this far. I never thought they could do this without having a bubble. But it's working, and I think that if it's working right now, I don't see any reason why it would go tremendously downhill if they're already not doing anything really different than they will later on in the season. And so I think that the NFL will play a full season um, <clears throat> and with playoffs this coming year. So, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I'll be releasing another episode next Friday, and then our one on Sunday. We'll be continuing to put out this content every week, two times, on both Friday and Sunday, as sports are starting up again and getting going in their class here as the NBA is. And so, as I said, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, like and subscribe, follow on Spotify, and um, do all that stuff as well. Rate five stars and give a comment. We're working completely on putting it up fully on iTunes and Apple Podcasts because it seems it's up for some people, but not for all people, which is kind of confusing. But um, we're continuing to work on getting it up and getting all that stuff up, and I'm figuring out how to do that correctly here in the future. And so we'll continue to do that, and I'll get you updated on that. And as I said, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and um, come back again on Friday. Thanks. Bye.